Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Uh, the United Nations top court uh, announcing a short time ago uh, that they are ordering Russia to stop hostilities in Ukraine, granting measures requested by Kiev and brought to the International Court of Justice, also known as the World Court, asking them to intervene. Happened about two weeks ago, and they said today, okay, yes, uh, stop. I don't think anybody's holding their breath that it's going to do anything, and Russia's going to say, oh, the ICJ has stepped in, but... Uh, this is where we are. So let's try and get some insight on exactly what this court is, how it works, and what these kinds of rulings mean. We're going to chat now with uh, Valerie Oosterveld, who's the Associate Director of Western University's Centre for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction. She's also a member of the Canadian Partnership for International Justice. Valerie, thanks so much for joining us again. Appreciate your time. Good to join you. So this ruling today, yeah, from The Hague, uh, from the International Court of Justice saying, um, yes, stop all hostilities. What was the case they were hearing? What what did Kiev bring before the court? The government of Ukraine quest for something called provisional measures. It's sort of like an injunction. And the reason it does that is because if it waited until its case that it said the court to hear was actually heard, it could be years from now, and the situation in Ukraine could have already been decided. Right. So it has asked for the measures, and it was very successful today in getting those measures that it asked for, except for one small one. Which is? Which is, so what it did get by the court to immediately suspend the military operations that Russia commenced on the 24th of February, and for Russia to stop any military or armed units or people or organizations that it directs or controls from doing the same. So that includes those who um, it controls in the Donbass region, Belarusian soldiers and any others. What it didn't get was Ukraine wanted to have an order from the court that Russia had to report to the as to what it was doing to satisfy the order, and then regularly thereafter. Okay. Um, now, the question, of course, here is, uh, this ruling came out, I, I don't see a cessation to hostilities or anything, I mean, and I don't know if anybody's expecting that. I mean, I, what do these rulings typically mean if Russia just says, no, we're not going to pay attention to it? Right. Well, it's true. The United Nations does not have a police force, so it can't go in and, and enforce this ruling on behalf of Ukraine. Um, and like you said, we're not holding our breath to for Russia just to simply say, oh, the ICJ ruled, therefore we must stop. Yeah. However, it is helpful because it's more uh, power to the rest of the United Nations system to put pressure on Russia, as well as uh, Ukraine to put pressure on Russia to resolve. It is embarrassing for Russia to have such a strong order against it by the World Court. And Russia tends to engage with the World Court. It with the World Court in the past. Um, it, basically, this is another peaceful step within the larger international system of showing 
I guess, a united approach to the way to the to the response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So, I mean, I mean, for lack of a better term, almost like building a paper trail, just sort of more more international support for actions against Russia eventually or continued actions economically or whatever the case may be? Yes, it, it adds legal and political support. Um, it also can have an effect later on down the line when the case is actually a full case yeah. in that if Russia doesn't take steps now, the amount of reparations that it would need to uh, provide to Ukraine just grows and grows. Interesting. Um, Valerie, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. That is Valerie Oosterveld, who is an Associate Director of Western University's Centre for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction, also a member of the Canadian Partnership for International Justice. Um, yeah, so officially the, the, the case that was brought to the World Court or the International Court of Justice by Kiev was um, Russia is in violation of the 1948 Genocide Convention because Russia had falsely accused the Ukraine... Uh, Ukrainian government, rather, of committing genocide and using that as a pretext for their invasion. Remember, that's what they said. Ukraine is committing genocide in the Donbass. That's why they went in. Um, The court ruled that, no, uh, that's not happening. Uh, And uh, Judge Joan Donahue demanded today that the Russian Federation shall immediately suspend the special military operations. It commenced on February 24th. Um, And as, you know, We've said, don't hold your breath. Don't, uh, I mean, it's it's the UN. Uh, what does it mean? Is it enforceable at all? No, not really. 